Ms. Warren was playing, I couldn't help but think of the shadow of this church. It's incredible. I'm, I'm not even sure that you're aware of how, how big the shadow of this church is. Her daughter, this is a Methodist preacher here in our conference, and she's getting ready to climb into the pulpit and preach the gospel. A gospel that she learned here and is a part of the shadow of this church. It goes out. That's the story of incredibly number of, of young men and women, not just in the state of Florida, but we have them up in South Carolina, in uh, Georgia, and got old Sue Hoppert up there in Virginia. The shadow of this church is just incredible how it reaches out. And I can't help but think of all those that have been a part of our fellowship and that take the spirit of this church and what they've been exposed to here and share it wherever they go. It's an incredible, absolutely incredible ministry that our church has and continue to have. And I just thank God for that. Well, that's off the cuff there. It wasn't part of our worship service this morning. But, you know, it's just good to brag about ourselves once in a while, and we should. And I thank you for that opportunity. Well, I want to, <clears throat> I've chosen, uh, we're talking during Lent, uh, a little series about people that Jesus met on the way to the cross. Actually, Jesus started out his ministry, and from there on, he was making his way toward the cross. And you can sense his, uh, his concerns and his love and what his aim is in ministry and the message that he shares all along that journey. But it is incredible how those, how his love and uh, what he is truly about is exposed by the, by the people he met along the journey. And we want to focus on that for these few weeks of Lent. And the first one that I've selected is, uh, is found in the scripture lesson from Luke 5, 12 to 14. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his feet to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't, don't tell anyone. But go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded for your clean cleansing as a testimony to them. Now, let us bow our heads for a word of prayer together. Oh, Lord, I pray that you will reach out and touch us today. Because we're standing in the need of your touch. We need you to come and make yourself known to us. 
Come and remind us that we are the object of your love. And show yourself to be the willing Savior. Grant to me the wisdom and the power and the courage to preach your truth to these good people who've come to be here, who look to you today. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. Give us receptive hearts that we may be made whole. For we wait for you and with an expectancy in the name of Jesus, the one who cares. Amen. Some years ago, I was participating in a prison ministry. It was, in fact, it was a ministry that we had in uh, the maximum security prison for women in South Florida. It was a uh, a weekend of a, a, of a discovery, spiritual discovery, in that maximum security prison for women. And they were going to, the inmates would be assigned to tables, and I happened to be one of the table leaders. And each of the men, inmates, as they came in, were assigned to the specific chairs at, at, at different tables. A beautiful, absolutely stunningly beautiful black young lady came in. She was the first one. Brenda was her name. And she was seated next to me. As she was seated next to me, I was on her right. She folded her arms and turned away from me. Her body language spoke volumes. So I I leaned over to her and said, are you scared? She said, yes. I said, what are you scared of? She said, I'm scared of you. I said, wow, am I glad to meet you. I've been trying to scare somebody all my life. (laughs) And I have finally succeeded. I said, why, why, Brenda, are you scared of me? She said, because you're white and you're a man. And I said, you know, Brenda, I can't do anything about either one of those things. But I want you to know something. I'm scared, too. She said, what do you have to be scared of? I said, are you kidding me? A good-looking man like me in a maximum security prison for women? She said, you don't have anything to worry about. Our scripture lesson for this morning is about a man who had plenty to worry about. He had the dreaded disease of leprosy. In fact, the Bible describes him as saying he was completely covered with leprosy. As I think about him, I think about the anxiety that he went through as he had been well and was healthy, was productive in his society. But all of a sudden, he had a rash, 
And he noticed the rash and began to wonder what it was. In fact, he probably spent some sleepless nights wondering what kind of a rash it is and hoping that it would be some minor rash and nothing major like leprosy. But then he began to notice how the rash began to grow just not in one place but over his whole body. And then there were large uh, swellings that took place on his arm continued to grow until finally they erupted. And with that eruption came a noxious odor. And the flesh began to rot where they had once been healthy flesh. And the appearance and the odor combined to make it where people rejected him because he had the dreaded, absolutely dreaded disease of leprosy. Leprosy, you see, carried with it uh, a curse as well as uh, a terrible disease. Because in the culture of that day, if you had leprosy, it was because you were being punished because of some enormous sin that you have committed. And you would be damned by by the culture for that, by having this disease. But it also carried with it some rules that you had to live by. It made you an outcast. You had to come down, if you happened to, you had to live in a, in a colony. You could no longer live in your own home. You could no longer work with your, where you were working. You were put into a leper colony. And when you ventured out of that colony, it was, you were required to announce that you were unclean, that you were a leper, in loud voices so that people could avoid you in any contagion that you might have. And it required that you walk as far away from others as possible. You talk about social distancing. You had to have that if you had the dreaded disease of leprosy. And with it came a complete rejection. You know about rejection. Every one of us do. How can you ever forget your first rejection? I remember mine. It was when I was in the seventh grade and I went to youth camp for the first time. Now, let me tell you something about seventh-grade boys that go to youth camp. When you're seventh grade and you go to youth camp, it's the first time you've been away from home, away from your parents. And so uh, you don't change clothes for a week. (laughs) Oh, I, I brush my teeth every day, but I wore the same clothes. Never unpacked my bag, as a matter of fact. And, and it was, uh, it was a pretty, uh, sobering experience, I guess, because I began to uh, get ripe. And, uh, but at the same time in the seventh grade, I was a slow learner, learner. I discovered girls at that youth camp. For the first time, I had always sort of uh, put up with girls, but all of a sudden, I realized that girls were different. 
And I like that. They smell better. And uh, they look better than boys. And when I was square dancing, I kind of liked the touch, the feel that I had of that girl next to me. And one of them, Evelyn Jones, I really liked dancing with. But I noticed when I was dancing with her that I could really smell myself. And if you can smell yourself, you are really ripe. So I went back to the cabin and I told the guys, I said, hey, every one of us would smell pretty bad. Does anybody have any underarm deodorant? Well, that's another thing about seventh grade boys. None of them had underarm deodorant. So I said, we got to do something, guys. So we used toothpaste for underarm deodorant. And let me tell you what, don't ever use toothpaste for underarm deodorant. Because it would burn the fire out of your armpits. And when you sweat, it foams. <laughs> but armed, armed with my toothpaste underarm deodorant, I danced with Evelyn the night away. Well, there was another guy there, and he came up to me. He's bigger than me. And he said, listen, I know you like Evelyn, and I do too. So let's duke it out to see who gets her. Well, I said, no, no, you don't want to do that. Of course, he could have whipped me pretty easily, and I knew that. So I said, no, we don't want to fight over it. Let's just go ask her. So I went up to Evelyn, and I said, Evelyn, this guy likes you, and I do too. Which one do you like? She said, neither one of you. (laughs) And I want you to know, and I know you find it hard to believe, but that was the first of many, many, many rejections by some beautiful young ladies in my life. But who among us hasn't known really a serious rejection in life? Who among us have never known what it's like to be shut out, kept out, thrown out, put out? Every one of us knows something about rejection. This leper was totally and absolutely rejected. And he was isolated. He was isolated. There was a wall built around him. To keep him out or to keep him in, we're not sure. Which is it? And what occurred to me that we often are the people who are the rejectors. We are the people who are the isolators. Ever so subtly, we build those walls that separate us, that keep those people in their place. And I think how we have failed Jesus when we do that. I think, as a matter of fact, that uh, we need to realize that all of us are lepers of a kind. Every one of us. 
That's what the scripture says. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we're all in the same boat, aren't we? We're all in the same isolation. It occurred to me that the church, when it is what it should be, and what it can be, and what it must be, is a leper colony. A place where all of us lepers can be together and be in oneness and seek the healing and the deliverance that we need. The church, when it is the best, is when it's a leper colony. I want to change the name of this church. I want to name it First United Leper Colony of Lakeland, Florida. And I want that to be our attitude. I want that to be our motto. Because we're all lepers and standing in the need of the touch of Jesus. And if you look at the scripture, you see something about the position and the power of prayer. It says the leper fell flat on his face when he saw Jesus. That's a position of prayer, a position of humility. Have you ever been there? Have you ever gone there? It's a place we all must go one day. Fall at the feet of Jesus. And what was the prayer of the leper? If you are willing, you can make me clean. One scripture translates, if you're willing, you can make me whole. And the scripture said that here's the response to that prayer. That Jesus immediately, immediately touched him. And he was cleansed. Immediately. I want you to look at the hand of Jesus as he reaches out. To touch the leper. It's telling us a very important thing about Jesus and the faith. None of us, not one of us, is ever beyond the touch of Jesus. None of us are so stained by this world that we're beyond the touch of Jesus. None of us are so broken by life that we're beyond the touch of Jesus. None of us have been so full of sin that we're beyond the touch of Jesus. So I want to tell you something. Here comes Jesus to where we are this day. To this magnificent, beautiful leper colony. We need to fall on our face and say, if you're willing, you can make me whole. Jesus loves to touch lepers like us. And he is willing to touch lepers like us. And that's the truth. Amen. Amen. Now receive this benediction.
Now may the blessings of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you, abide with you, and keep you in his peace, grace, and glory, now and forever and forever and forevermore. Amen.